2: Anymore, I think as a society, we just don't talk. We're not used to it. We're not used to listening or, or having people listen to us. And, and there's something gorgeous about having a place where you can listen to people and you can take little pieces of what they do and, and, and try and uh, apply it to your own life.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast Cast Away, a podcast about podcasts across between a goggle box and desert island discs of podcasts. I'm Laura Whitmore broadcaster, performer, chancer and podcast lover. I've been on a mission to get my next fix of podcast recommendations. Every week I'll be talking about all things podcasts with people who love podcasts, many of whom have podcasts themselves. Many times I say podcast in one sentence? Reckon a few more. So whether you're looking for podcasts about mental health or comedy, love, crime, or your next fictional series to binge listen to, my guests have got you covered. You may also be surprised by what some folk are listening to, and from that, a springboard into some really interesting discussions. Welcome to Castaway. This week's podcast was recorded before I released any of Cast Away, so still working it out, what I'm doing. I mean, I still am, but since then, uh, we've had a few episodes out and I'm really enjoying it, so I want to thank you for your comments. Um, We've had a really nice reaction. Stephen Fry tweeted about it. (gasps) Um, Gregory Porter, Scrooby's Pip, um, they've all tweeted about it and... um, I I read your messages, so thank you so much. Uh, It means a lot. Uh, A podcast about a podcast. I mean, lads, I wasn't sure if it would work at all. So thank you. I hope the recommendations are helpful. I know for me they have been. I've been spending most of my downtime listening to more podcasts than usual. We have a great team here. It's not just me, so I want to thank everyone involved for what we've done so far. Um, I really just turn up and talk and ask questions, which I rather like doing. I was once again out of studio for, for this week's episode. And I was welcomed into the beautiful North London home of Giovanna Fletcher, or G, as she's known to her mates, uh, where she lives with her husband, Tom of McFly fame, and three kids, Buddy, Buzz and Max. She's currently just coming down from the Himalayas. um, She's doing an incredible journey for Copperfield. Uh, But before she left, we had a great Al Natter, All Things Podcasts. She has her very own podcast, Happy Mum, Happy Baby. She's also... A presenter, actress, best-selling novelist and all-round deadly person. I'd never been to her house before, so I always feel if you're going to go to someone's house, you should arrive with something. So I arrived with some Krispy Kreme donuts. as my mate had given me a box and I was trying to save myself from myself by sharing them. So I do think that helps the the conversation. Always feed people before you do an interview. Always helps. Uh, We chat everything from running marathons to writing books, working from home... David Tennant, G's relationships before and after children, David Tennant again, and why, like me, G is such a big fan of podcasts. So let's get cast away with Giovanna Fletcher. Giovanna, hi. Hi. Normally I start with welcome, but you're welcoming me because I'm in your house. <laughs> well, you, you made life really easy for me today. <laughs> uh, I? Yeah, I'm like, welcome to your home. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Also, my favourite colour is yellow and we're sitting on this beautiful, soft uh, yellow sofa. So I feel like that's to Anne. But like, I've got this cushion. It's did a you? Beatles cushion. I've
2: got that cushion. Put got it in colour behind Pardon you as well. This, I've got this one as well. Oh my God, this is like the perfect start to a podcast. This is the right we setting. I not see it, but we've got pillows. The we've got <laughs> with the Beatles on them. It's actually one of the most expensive cushions I've bought.
0: And it was on our wedding
2: list,
1: actually. It oh, was, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Clever.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and we're surrounded by lots of books. A lot of them are... Written by you. and you can and see. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. Also, do you ever just come in here and just sit there and look at that whole... Sh- it's a whole shelf, lots of different colours. Um, it looks incredible. I'm,
2: I, there's, there's other books here as well, but not where I'm facing. How many books
1: have you written all together?
2: I am currently working on my 10th and 11th, actually. So the 10th book is Letters on Motherhood, which yes. is the next non-fiction. That's out next year. Yeah, in February. And then uh, the 11th is Eve of Man 2, so me and Tom writing together. So that's out next April, I believe. I yeah. mean, how how do you even begin to write a book? How do you even sit
1: down in that mindset? With the letters, that kind of came organically because you were writing when you were pregnant. Yeah, exactly.
2: So each pregnancy, I'd sit down in the evening. Because I think life just gets so busy and you forget and you don't put attention on things that you should. We literally just talking about booking holidays. You kind of yes. have to book a
1: few years in advance because the year just flies by yeah. and life goes by
2: and you just think oh i'll do something then and then that time comes and you're like actually i've got this to do I, I can't prioritize it and um so yeah so for me making time for things is key and i found that with each pregnancy just before i went to bed writing down what we'd done that day what anything that was going on with my bump um people that had found out the news it was just really really lovely mm. uh, and i did it with each pregnancy but what's interesting is that each book that's dedicated to each child they get Shorter, so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should go back and like draw They're some like, doodles mommy, in I help the mic, but Don't have as much input in my book. As well
1: as writing lots of books, you also have a very successful podcast. Mm. Um, when did you launch your podcast? Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's a few years ago. You now a few series under your belt. When you first started, um, I suppose right now there's such a buzz around podcasts, yeah. but I mean they've been around for a long, a long time. Yeah, they um, have. and this, this term I talked to my mom about this recently she was like what is a podcast as <laughs> well like it's kind of like a broadcast but for the iPod is how it initially started um but you know you've been doing this for a few years now what made you first sit down and decide I want to do this so I'd
2: uh, I'd published um Happy Mum Happy Baby mm-hmm and uh, the reaction to it was incredible. Uh, for me, it was a, just a very honest book about being a mum. And before then, I'd seen lots of books that were with expert advice or yeah. this is what you should do. And I just thought, oh. I I actually found them quite difficult to read. Did you I read just, a lot of them? Yeah, and then, you know, Buzz didn't read any of them. Really inconsiderate of him, you know. So there I was with all the knowledge <laughs> and he hadn't. He's like, um, "Did you not, you're not supposed to be crying now. Did you, <laughs> you not read this in page 39 of this book? Come on. Um, and, and I found difficult and I think because I felt that I felt like I was the only one failing and actually the more you talk about it you realize that you're not and that we're all just trying to do our best and we're all coming up against the same challenges and motherhood is a total leveler it doesn't matter who you are what you have you're all facing the sleepless nights the tantrums like we're all going through it
0: Mm
2: -hmm. so I wrote this book and I just thought I'd put everything in it and edit anything out that I wasn't comfortable with it after I'd written it. Okay. So you kind of yeah. just get it all just out. Just get it all out and then yeah. read back. So I'd included things that like having PCOS, having a miscarriage, mm. uh, any struggles that I've had that I'd had and even with the baby uh, had arrived. And I just published it and the reaction to it as I went on tour was amazing. And I think we all know when it comes to books, music, a lot of the time they have their moment. And then they're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, I've got women coming over to me crying because they feel like they're completely on their own and that this book has somehow helped them. Just hearing that other people are feeling the same way that they are has helped. And I just didn't want it to end there. Um, so I decided to create a podcast where other people come on. So it's not about me anymore. Other people could come on. And actually beneficial and- for you as well because you're probably getting a lot out of it and learning I a lot It's literally from it. like therapy. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. Well, the- Podcasts themselves, I feel, are therapy. And mm. the more I listen to them the more I I feel like I'm in someone else's conversation, yeah. like I'm almost eavesdropping mm-hmm. and I'm included and I'm part of it. And it's coming from a broadcast background where things normally have to be a little bit slicker or, you know, you've got a time limit. just yeah. something hugely refreshing with podcasts where they can be a little bit longer. They don't have to fit yeah. into a certain amount. Um, when you did that podcast initially, it was, you know, it was tied in with your book. Did you did you? Well, it wasn't.
2: It was, it was six months afterwards. after. It was six months afterwards. Yeah, it Did was you really intend like, to keep it going? Um, the yes, yeah, absolutely. I wanted it to be like a continual thing. Um, but the first ten guests, I kind of they didn't know what they were letting themselves in for. Really, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like That's well, you kind of like and with and this podcast with you. that I'm taking. <laughs> you don't know what way we're going to go down with this.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Please be kind.
2: Um, yeah, but I think I I felt like. Um, they trusted me with yeah. something that was really personal, and and I think motherhood. There's so much judgment in it, or you feel like there's so much judgment in it. So to open yourself up and kind of go, "This is how I feel," mm. knowing that that judgment might come your way is quite amazing. Do you, you know, know what I mean? I, I I love listening to your podcast
1: as well as someone who's not a mother yet. Yeah, but um, I was who was I listening to recently? Um. Kathleen Moran, mm-hmm. um, she talks about coming from a family of eight kids. Yep. and My mom grew up um, the youngest of 13 kids and that whole being at the dinner table and, and just even just from listening to those stories, kind of getting an insight of, yeah, my mom grew up with all that mm. and you kind of had to look out for yourself because no one else was saving you exactly. an extra slice of toast. We have a clip of this particular episode. Let's have a little listen.
2: Don't you feel like you learned so much though being part of a big family? In terms of relationships and stuff. I mean, what I primarily learned is how to eat very quickly. Because when there's like (laughs) 10 people around a
3: table and you've got your two sausages on the plate, if you haven't inhaled that sausage in one breath in under 30 seconds, a fork will come from behind and someone will go, don't want that, do you? And they'll eat it. So everyone I know that comes from a really big family, you can tell. because You sit down to eat with them and they just eat. Incredibly, they talk very fast. Yeah. Because that's the only way you can get your, your conversation in around the table, and they eat very fast. And then when I was 12, I found the way that I could finally start chewing my food rather than inhaling it down in one, which is that if you just very gently pick up each item of food on your plate and lick it Ooh. performatively <laughs> for everyone around the table, and then just put it back on the plate, like, you're not going to eat that now, are you? <laughs> that's mine. I've marked that with my saliva. <laughs>
2: Well, and that's the thing I think about podcast, it kind of, it puts you right in that, because I think there's, especially if you're listening with your headphones on while you're running, yeah. you can't help but be in that, that person is in your head, mm-hmm. you're hearing their every breath, mm-hmm. you know, and I just think there's something of, so magical in that, it's storytelling, it is like, sto- that conversation, it is. it's amazing.
1: I actually got into podcasts because of running. Oh, really? Um, me and my friend decided to do a half marathon. Neither of us could run. We decided okay, every every year. So I've got this friend called Alex, who I worked with in MTV. And we do something that we haven't done before. So it's like what, our next thing is we want to go on a cruise together. It's a really weird thing. <laughs> so we decided we'd never run in a marathon before. So let's sign up for a half marathon. So we both did it. And we did it for um, a friend of ours um, for his charity. And uh, then we realized we couldn't run. <laughs> so we downloaded one of those like... Uh, couch potato to 5k yeah. or whatever. And then I was like, listening to me, I love music. I'm a huge fan of music. I'd listen to music as I was running, but I started
2: counting the songs mm-hmm. to be like, okay, I need to, just, that's 10 songs. Or well, I start running to the beat, which I find really off-putting. Yeah, and then actually. you, you was slowing <laughs> up. You
1: just change your momentum quickly. So I just started listening to podcasts because they're like roughly an hour and mm-hmm. the time would go by and and suddenly you run an hour and you didn't realize. Um, so that's how I got into it. And then there's this podcast which is great. This is only a new one. This is uh, Jenny um, Faulkner's, who yes. I'm a massive
2: fan of. I love her to bits. Um, She's amazing. And and also she is fit. That is a woman who knows well, how to that's run. That's the thing. So you look at her Instagram and stuff and you're like, wow. Just look at you. Look at you running with the sunrise or sunset. Because
1: she always gets up so early to do uh, heart anyway in the morning. I'm like, first of all, she's already done a whole day's work before I'm even awake. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes for a run. (laughs) Wonder Woman. (laughs) Um, But this podcast is great because it's not too... You know, but sometimes runners, they, they scare me. Do they? Yeah. When oh. I start running, I remember being like, oh, I can't, it's too much. <laughs> but actually, it's for everyone. Running can be for everyone. It can and, be. Because you, you said how you got into it.
2: Yeah, and, and the thing, so this year, like you, uh, I got talked into doing a 10K by Bryony Gordon. So the thing when you say yes and you forget you have to do it? Well, the thing is, I thought she was asking me for um, a marathon festival, because okay. she did a marathon last year. Okay. Did we- you say yes to a marathon? No, no, no. Oh. So she... <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was asking me to to do a marathon in my underwear and I emailed back and I was like oh Bryony I'm so sorry I don't think my knees would hold up I've just had a baby I don't think the other parts of me would hold up but um you know maybe next time she was like oh I totally understand but it's only a 10k and she just caught me in a moment where I was like you know what I'll do it absolutely I'll do it and um and then literally I got to six weeks before the run and I was like I haven't i've never run mm-hmm. i don't run and, and so i started by doing 10 minutes
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh literally felt like i'd given myself a chest infection literally for the whole day thought i'd make myself sick uh two days later i did another 10 minutes I only spent half the day feeling like <laughs> i'd broken my lungs and then the third day a little sting but it was fine so just kind of gradually building it's up as time the body works like yeah. that just how you can introduce little bits and really you can change your lifestyle completely it, yeah and i and i listen to jenny's um, podcast and i find it fascinating even when you've got people on there who run for a living yeah they just give you little nuggets and and you do sort of feel yourself becoming a running bore you know what I mean it's kind of that thing where you're kind of like oh yeah you're talking about minutes or yeah just kind of like finding little tips and things like that but I went on there as someone who has literally just started running Mm -hmm. for the last like for this year and and I think it's important to have a variety of stories so that we all feel like running is it's achievable it's it's anyone can do it and that's Brian's whole message yeah you don't need to look a certain way to be able to run you just need to put trainers on and get out the door because i know people who don't go for a run because they're worried oh. bit b- about being red and sweaty
1: i i remember going to a gym when i first moved to london i mm. went to and i was working in camden i went to the gym in camden which was just so intimidating cuz there's <laughs> just all these buff guys and and these girls with these like rock hard
2: abs and I remember walking in going, nope, not for me. <laughs> well, I used to work. I used, I used to work in a gym on yeah. the bar. Yeah. So I got a free membership, but I didn't used to go to the gym because I didn't want people to see me like working out. So it's I used to crazy. work out at home. It's crazy,
1: isn't it? I just, I just as man, I felt like you needed to look, you want to go to the gym to look like that, but I felt like you needed to look like that before you went to the gym. And also I go red when I work. Like I, like beat rude like, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? And like, no, I just, this is just what happens to me. So I, I actually quite enjoy running because, I don't compare myself to anyone yeah. else I'm in my own little zone and you can do it anywhere yeah you can and you don't have to pay to do free. it
2: it's free it's free yeah it's free and um, it's, I, think, I think for for running especially it's not about the aesthetics it's it, the mind for me mm. what it does you can go out you can feel really bogged under with your workload things that are going on at home and you go out for 30 minutes and you come back and even though nothing has been sorted nothing at all has changed in that 30 minutes everything seems more manageable mm-hmm it's true. And it's really... So that's what, you know, I had Bryony on um, the live podcast with me the other day mm-hmm. and I literally cried because <laughs> I just think she's kind of changed my whole outlet. How do you feel about running now? Is it something you're going to keep up or... Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's not, I, I don't enjoy every step. There are some runs where I'm like, I am on fire and mm-hmm. this is amazing. And there are other runs where I'm like, this is tough. But that rush that you get when you actually stop at the end. Basically, I, I run for the end.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we all do. It's finish line, literally. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's incredible. I love this podcast, Run Pod. Oh, and Jenny, Jenny's done an amazing job with it. It doesn't matter who she's talking to. You just take something away from it, whether they've been running yeah. all their life or they've just started You just take something and there's that joy. It makes you literally want to go and go for a run.
1: And then a few years ago, I suppose, if someone, uh, if Jenny's like, come on the show, you're
2: like, sure, what, what, what
1: do I know about running? Yeah. Now you're like, well, actually.
2: Well, and also, yeah, and also you not even knowing, just knowing that I'm, that someone might listen who's thinking about it, that kind of is about, oh, running's not for me, and actually go, look, guys, it's so accessible. I can do it. You Like, just just go for it. Don't mm-hmm. overthink it. I think so many times we kind of like, and no, I can't do that because if I go out and I get red, someone's going to see, see me. me. I have never looked at a runner and gone, God, she's red and puffy. Like, I'm, I'm like, saying fair play to her. I, should, I wish yeah, I was doing that. Yeah, that's what I've got to do today. I, you don't even look at what a runner looks like. No. Although this, I did laugh because a the running theme of the podcast is... Lorraine Kelly. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> but a bunch. Uh, I didn't even mean to. Uh, <laughs> Lorraine Kelly has said that you never see a happy runner. <laughs> uh, all I can say is, in that ten k, I literally did not smiling from the minute we started running till the end. I l- literally loved that feeling of being in that crowd and being like, "Oh hi."
3: My thing always was, oh, you never see a happy runner, but that's probably because they're. Concentrating. I heard you say that on television <laughs> yesterday. I was like, she just said, "You never see a happy runner," and I'm chatting to her tomorrow. <laughs> I but then uh, I think I haven't said that, nobody's going to be grinning, you know, from ear to ear, and especially if you are kind of concentrating. I suppose you you don't really, but it is good for you. It is good for you, and I and I and I think it's what the great thing about it is. I don't like gyms. I don't like them. I've never really. I think I joined a gym once, and then of course, like everyone else. Never went you know went twice in January and never went back but the thing about running is get yourself a good pair of trainers obviously because you don't want to damage your feet but then it's free yeah it's free and even if you live in the city you know even if you live in london or glasgow birmingham wherever there's parks and there's hopefully you know walkways by the river there are places you can go it's just getting that motivation
2: isn't it to get out the door that's the hardest thing putting the shoes on and getting out the door And that weird thing as well, I think being a mum, working from home, Mm -hmm. so much of my life is spent here. There's something so freeing about getting out. Mm -hmm. So if I do pass people, I literally am like, hi, I'm so excited (laughs) to see people. I just talk about anything as I run past, give them a quick 10 second sentence and go carry
0: on. I can't stop. (laughs) And there she goes again.
2: Um, Gee, I have to talk about another
1: podcast that you listen to. And I love you even more because you listen to this. And people who work on this podcast know that he is my guilty pleasure. And that is David Tennant. Ah. And David
2: Tennant does a podcast. If the man couldn't get any better, he's only (laughs) brought out a podcast. (laughs) But what's interesting about him is I, I think he talks to people who... Would normally shy away from doing a podcast and having those conversations that are so personal, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and he just has got into their homes or got into their spaces, and there's just something lovely about hearing people who he obviously has a relationship with or who truly admire him and he admires them, just chatting, and it's it's amazing to feel like you're you're a in part there. of it.
1: Yeah, you're right because when you see a lot of those people like James Corden, Olivia Coleman. Uh He. uh Who else did he? Whoopi Goldberg? Did I see Ruby that? Whoopi Goldberg, well? Ian McKellen. Yeah, like you'd see them in situations where maybe they're on a Graeme Norton or mm-hmm. a Jonathan Ross, but in a very you know television kind of organized manner where they're probably a little bit guarded. They talk. They're
2: yeah. on promo. Yeah. Um, while here, you're right. We're 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 friends. Kind of just having you a little know conversation. That- well, they know that he is not there to trap them into no. saying something that they're going to regret. They're saying it in a really safe place, mm-hmm. with in front of someone who just has nothing but love for them. When so, were you born? Seventy-one.
0: Oh, that's really. I cool.
2: know.
3: <laughs> it's not. I'm seventy-four. Mm. Born seventy-four.
4: January um, the thirtieth. Yes. Yeah. Look at you. See, I've got notes in front oh of me. My God. <laughs> Do
3: you know? Once on, whatever it is, Wikipedia, they had my birthday as the wrong day, the wrong month, and sort of eight years before I was born. Oh,
4: my
0: I know, God. Mood.
3: Appalling. So I emailed them, pretending it wasn't me. I was course, at school obviously. with her, and actually that's not her birthday. Because you couldn't get cut. <laughs> I didn't want to think, I want <laughs> to think that would be so vain. What name did you make up? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. This was years ago. Did I mean, you use the name of someone you were actually at school with? No, I just think I gave my nickname Collie. So right. i was thinking they wouldn't know. Right. Um, no they know. Uh, and then didn't get a reply. And then I wrote again, going, oh, sorry, guys, but this is, it's, I know it's wrong. And uh, they didn't reply. And then I said, OK, it's actually, it's me. And this is really <laughs> upsetting that you've made me eight years older than I actually am. It's I mean,
0: awful.
3: And uh, and they said we'd have to see a birth certificate to prove. And I went, who's fucking birth certificate did you look at in the first place <laughs> to make me eight Quite. years older? And so then they changed it. And then I thought, fuck, I should have lied. So you had to swear they, You had to get angry and swear at them for yeah, them to take it I should have lied attention. and said I was younger.
1: Yeah,
2: it's that no barrier.
3: It's yeah. just a
1: gorgeous chat. I mean, I have to say, I didn't see it coming when he brought it out. I was like, no, at, at all. But he does have, actually, my boyfriend, who's also Scottish, is a bit jealous because I, I have this guilty pleasure about I talk about David Tennant quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he sounds like me.
2: <laughs> Why
1: has he got a podcast? <laughs> he's got enough going on when they're trying to use his voice for things.
2: Yeah, from the moment they get in there. Yeah. Like, I think it's Olivia. Does Olivia turn up with her dogs? And their dogs are yes, she going does. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just taking those little things that are happening and it's yeah. not it's not all, you know, polished and it's it just feels like you're hanging out. It's real life, isn't it? Mm. And he happening. knows things about them mm. that you know that, that we don't know because he's worked with I them. I wish David Tennant knew things about me.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I, I didn't know David Tennant, that's not his name. What? Do you know what his real name is? What? David MacDonald <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> true! His name is David McDonald, and he changed it. <laughs> it doesn't work the same, does
2: it? David MacDonald.
1: Um, he changed it because there was another actor um, who obviously of didn't course, go on to do yeah. the same amount of things and he changed it to Tennant because of Pet Shop Boys. Because of Neil Tennant. No! He, yeah, he was reading Smash Hits and uh, he was just reading he had to change his name. He needed to do something and he saw
2: Tennant so he went, oh, let's go with that. That's so funny. Isn't that great? I also love the fact that his wife... Is the daughter of another Doctor, Doctor, Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> she posted a photo once of him and David changing a light bulb, and it was that, how many, how other, mean, how, oh. many,
0: how many doctors did
1: it
2: take? I mean, that household has <laughs> got to be a lot of fun. I
1: just, I just love him. I think, I think he might carry on with that. Same with Jessie Ware when she started out with hers.
2: Yes. Which again, so, you know, we're talking about all these different podcasts. I think it is different people bring something different to it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I love the fact that Jessie Ware is with her mum. Again, that's a different dynamic that we yeah. don't see. And you're you're already seeing her in a different way, um, mixed in with the guests. So you've got, yeah, I just think it's, it's brilliant because actually it tells you a lot about um, the host as well. Yeah. You know. I want to
1: talk about um, another podcast, mm. which is Shagged, Married, Annoyed. Have and you listened is- to it? I have listened to it because um, my partners sometimes say they talk the way we talk to each other a little bit. And again, I I feel like you have those connections in it. And this was launched this year as well, actually, Mm -hmm. because you actually some of the podcasts that you mentioned, a lot of them are quite new. Yeah. Um, And I suppose there's always new ones coming out. But this is um, this is Chris Ramsey and Rosie Mm Ramsey. And you really feel like you are in their
2: house when listening to this. Did you know the guys beforehand? Uh, so I sadly I I watched I think I was on maternity leave maternity leave I think I just had a baby yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, maternity, maternity leave, leave is non-existent I'm, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, uh, I think I just had one of the kids and Chris was on um, Lorraine and he just they just kind of spoken about Rosie came just in. having a miscarriage yeah and Rosie came on mm-hmm. and I messaged Rosie instantly I didn't I didn't know her at all and I messaged her and then we just started speaking a little bit and. Out of nowhere, just Rosie is just such a funny person. Um, her Instagram is great for anyone uh, who doesn't follow her already. She literally, sometimes I'll come downstairs and Tom will be howling with laughter in his office. And I'll go through and he'll just be watching Rosie. <laughs> but that's how, that's how she makes, like we both have that. I mean, you know, she's just incredible uh, in terms of she's got no qualms just being herself she's Mm -hmm. not presenting she's not um trying to be anything other she is just being herself and is very comfortable in that and uh, and i know that they were working on uh, coming up with podcast ideas years Mm -hmm. ago or ages ago months ago and they decided to actually sit down and do it this year but it's great because they they say that it's their one time to sit and actually have a chat because I think when you're a parent, when you've got all the work stuff, you kind of don't, either your time together is maybe sitting down yeah. and watching something and you actually don't have that time to just chat. I also think it's a great idea of recording it.
1: The amount of things that I say to my other half and then he says, no, you never said that. If I recorded it, <laughs> I'd be like, hold on, let me just go to episode three when I clearly told you to take out the washing. Um,
2: <laughs> and that whole idea of like airing their beef with each other, yeah. you know. What's your
4: beef? What's your beef?
2: What's your beef? what your beef? What's your beef, what you beef, what you beef, what you beef, 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 beef. beef, beef. beef, beef.
4: Might be with you this week. What? Rosie, you know absolutely zero common phrases or sayings. <laughs> you know friggin' none. Like none. Like a bird in the hand's worth two in the bush. Like you don't know what. En- so anytime I'll not. And I just see you glaze over. What was the one you did earlier on that you, you tripped yourself up about right at the beginning? I don't know. Well, you did it earlier on in the podcast with one, and now and then I'll just say things and I'll be like, oh, well, you know, like it's part of the course or whatever. And you would be like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? I'll be like, fuck.
3: Right. They confuse me a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just find, I know them, but I always get them wrong. Yeah. Is it pulling your arm or is it pulling your leg?
4: Oh, yeah. I've just remember what the one earlier on was. It what? was... Um, uh, your clothes will end up wearing you. But oh, it was yes. actually the things you won't end up owning you. <laughs> you f- Honestly.
3: I just find so irritating. So you All know right? none
4: of them. You know none of them.
3: Oh, sorry. I didn't realise that was a part, you know, an important part of a personality. Yeah. To know stupid phrases.
4: That is why I've never done it in the beefs. That's why I've saved it there. That's why George has just got it out. It was like blood from a stone there. Do you get that one? Blood from a stone? Do you understand what that one means? I've heard that one before. <laughs> mm. Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: Because I suppose you've been in a very public relationship from a young age. You and yeah. Tom were together like we met forever. At thirteen, yeah, thirteen <clears throat> at thirteen, and we in drama school together. Yeah, so we young, yeah. yeah. And then isn't that where he proposed to you as well? Yeah, he
2: took me back there. He's
1: very romantic. <laughs> um, so you you kind of grew up in a very public relationship, and yeah. when he was you know in the band and touring and uh, and dealing with all those things, and you've been not public but you you know you've always been very open about your relationship Yeah, and I suppose when you when you're in the public eye in any way it's 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 tough you go do I air everything do I speak Mm -hmm. so openly about these issues um for you and your relationship is that something that you've kind of had to think about hard about how much you give away and how much you don't and at what point did you go I'm just going to be as honest as possible
2: I think we are quite open I think um I trust my instincts on stuff, mm-hmm. and if I'm feeling, or should I, if I'm feeling a bit sick about posting something, I just don't because I'm just like, actually, that's private then, mm-hmm. and that I have to listen to that. It's interesting. I don't think we are, we really think about what we share about us in terms of our relationship. I think we think more about what we share in terms of our kids, kids, because um, in terms of being a mum, I'm open. You know, okay. I'm I'm kind of, if I can share something that I've felt to help another mum out. The statistics on uh, mums, basically the, the main cause of death for new mums within the first year of motherhood is suicide. And oh, I wow. think knowing that, knowing how overwhelming it can be and how alone you can feel, I think if I can share that I'm finding it difficult sometimes, that it's not all rosy, that, you know, whatever. if I'm feeling just stressed by it, if I help one person just feel not alone, then that's the job done. Mm-hmm. But then if I feel like, oh, we're potty training and this might be a little bit embarrassing for Buzz, mm-hmm. then I won't post it. You know what I mean? And he's so a, he's a little bit me, older and he'll look back yeah. and be like, "Mom." But if it's about me, yeah. I'm an open book. If it's about the kids, it's different. And you You do
1: have the, I suppose from the outside, and I'm sure every
2: couple have their ups and downs, yeah. but you, you're
1: very strong. And, you yeah. you know, and you've been through a lot yeah. and you both have huge careers and doing your own thing and trying to keep that all together. Mm. Um, and do you feel because I suppose from the outside and you do speak very openly about yeah. the tough times uh-huh. as well. But do you feel it's really important that you do show those tough times? Because I suppose initially I remember when I first saw that like, you and Tom, I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I definitely did not end up with my first boyfriend wherever <laughs> he
2: is now. But But, you know, like you kind of are. The, but the then you feel the pressure of, if anyone puts a hashtag couple goal, yeah, or couples goal, whatever it is, you go, oh no, but you don't
1: know that we are out this morning. And are you afraid to kind of admit that?
2: No, Imagine. it makes me go, next oh, time I not. share, <laughs> I'll post a little something about, you know, yeah, yeah, or not even about, yeah, not going into specifics, but just letting people know that it's not always going to be absolutely perfect. I don't think perfect exists for anyone. No. I think it's all about finding someone that you connect with and trying to work your way through it mm-hmm. but at seven o'clock you know however much everyone thinks it's rosy and they get loads of work done well we do get work done because at seven o'clock the kids go to bed and we're in our offices we don't see each other so um yeah it's important for us just like everyone else to make sure that we have that that we have to make time and and it does get to a point where we're like oh god we've not had a conversation that's not been interrupted or not been about the kids for ages how uh did you
1: find finding your identity because you're in this couple for such a long time from a yeah. very young age yeah and I I know myself in my own life I've sometimes I can get too caught up in a relationship uh-huh. and then then I maybe go through a breakup and you're single for a while and then then I'm like oh, I'm too independent I'm not gonna find when you're with one person for such a long time mm. and you're you're known as a couple is it very hard to to be Giovanna and just by yourself yeah
2: I, and find I think, who you are
1: away from tom
2: yeah and I think especially when you're partner is in the public eye and people mm-hmm. know who he is so you're instantly someone's girlfriend and you don't have a name mm-hmm. so uh, yeah weirdly I think when people say about that in motherhood being Buzz's mum I'm like, I care. I like yeah. that I don't I like that I don't I don't mind that um I, yeah I think for me I started finding my identity through my work through books through writing um so yeah going on tours and stuff and finding that people were there for me Tom wasn't going to be there, so they were there to see me. I think that kind of gave me a bit more confidence, I guess. And um, but I don't know. I often so my fifth book, um, some kind of wonderful, is about a couple who break up after ten years. And you literally think the book starts with you thinking he's about to propose. She thinks he's about mm. to propose. He is about to propose. He has the ring in his hand, and then goes, "I can't do it. I don't know. I, I just my life is not my future's not with you." And it's about that character kind of going, well, hold on, we've spent the last 10 years together. We've spent my whole adulthood together. And without you, I don't know who I am. Um, so it was really interesting writing that kind of Did going Tom get worried when you were writing this <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is about a couple who are together for a long
1: time and then they break up. And he's like, Oh god, are you just trying to kind of tell me something.
2: No, but I think writing books like that, it does kind of make you go, Wow, our lives are so entwined. I think me and Tom are a very different case in that way because we have so much of our lifestyle. I mean, we've just written a book together. We're writing a trilogy together. So we're, we're kind of... Now, come here to me. How do you
1: write a book together? Like, how does that even work? Like, he writes a, a chapter, you write a chapter, yes, you exactly. write every second word, well, yeah, so we- you're over his <laughs>
2: shoulder. I just, I don't know. How does that work? So we ended up coming up with this idea. So I'd seen a friend who had just given birth and everyone in her NCT group had had boys. Everyone, and we just came. I came home and I sat. Told Tom, we were like, "Oh, isn't that fascinating?" So you start looking into the facts, the statistics, how like it just happens that fifty two, no, fifty one percent. I think of boys, and I can't remember the statistic. That's <laughs> awful. But you say anything, I'll believe either. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One is that it does sway slightly yeah. towards the other, but it stays that way. Nature evens it out. So like, how, how, and what happens if it suddenly doesn't do that? Mm. So we came up with this idea and. Um we're like, oh, we should really write that. One of us should write that. No, no, you should write that. Oh, no, we should write that. And uh, so we went to the publishers about writing it and came, we came up with this whole story. And in the developing of the story, we found that there was actually a female character and a male character. And you actually, the good thing about the male character is that he told you stuff about the world that she didn't know. So it was really important to have those two voices. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we were going to do it in first person. So we just kind of went, well, do you know what? We're both authors. Let's make the most of that. So we do literally, I write Eve chapters, he writes Bram. So we'll plan everything. We'll spend, spend a month planning. Sit down, write the first chapter, pass it over. This is an Eve chapter. Here you go. He'll read it, edit it, or m- like make suggestions. I might edit it again. Then he goes on to write the next chapter. and it just kind of bounces back okay, and forth like and that. Okay, and it flows. Yeah. When it gets tricky is the phase that we're in now. So we're editing the second book where... So you know at the moment that everything kind of runs. Mm -hmm. But in an edit, if Tom or I change something, it could have a knock on effect. Of course. Somewhere down the line. So just making sure that we know. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's easy sometimes in an edit to go, oh, that's fine actually but then do you know what i'm just thinking it's probably not that much different i've written stuff before when it's just
1: me and i forgot what i've written <laughs> yeah, know like, yeah, did yeah, i write yeah. that
0: oh my god i wrote yeah, that actually i forgot
1: that was gonna <laughs> i put that down there um but how lovely to do that together um back to shag yes. married annoyed uh, with rosie and chris and rosie kind of talks about she's kind of coming into her own at yes, the moment but, you know, she was chris's wife for a long time yeah. and um, I think she put it up on her Instagram when she got her first paycheck. That was her check, mm-hmm. and and what that meant for her own identity. And I think a lot I literally of- bought
2: these bookshelves with my first paycheck. Did you? Yeah.
1: yeah. And do you still? When you sit here, do you remember that? Like that's a little bit yeah. of a yeah, yeah, yeah. How important that is, I s- I suppose, when it's your money that you earned yourself. Yeah, exactly. That pay- it doesn't matter what that paycheck well, is or as you
2: mentioned, is working, so I, But I think I was. Um, you know, but doing what then, you loved. Yeah, it's so different. Mm. And and, f- and doing something that I felt like I'd really achieved something with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it did feel totally different to, you know, getting money for working on a bar.
1: Which brings me on to another podcast, which I hadn't heard of. Now, I know Esther Peril, but mm. I didn't know about this, uh, where should we begin? That, yeah. So you're basically
2: in couples counselling in a way. It's really weird. And I've got to say, I listened to it again, Tom, don't panic. Um, <laughs> but I was talking to someone at a wedding... This year, so I've only been listening to it this year and uh, talking about how amazing podcasts are, for conversations and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, you should listen to es- Esther Perel. She's amazing. I thought, okay, so we went for a run. And it literally is two people in marriage counselling for whatever reason. And sometimes there are reasons that are so far removed mm-hmm. from your own relationship. But it is... For great, juicy to listen to. Oh, yeah. And you're kind of like, oh. And, and just that knock-on effect, that you know of what you do in a relationship and what comes back it does kind of make you go Justin myself I need to be a bit calmer I need to be a bit kinder I need to you know love him a bit more it does just kind of make you you think
1: well we're you know we're not as bad as that
2: (laughs) does that sound terrible (laughs) but it's amazing she's just got a really good way of getting people to chat and and yeah it's really thought-provoking to listen to
0: What you're about to hear is an unscripted, one-time couples counseling session. It contains mature themes and listener discretion is advised. For the purposes of maintaining confidentiality, names and some identifiable characteristics have been removed. But their voices and their stories are real. Among
3: the top stressors in any couple's relationship, or family relationship, is death and illness.
0: When you get married, you think, I'll be with you in sickness and in health, and that's true, but you picture being old. I have early onset Parkinson's. Um, I was diagnosed about a year ago.
3: This is a young couple. They're at the beginning of their life together. They have three young children, and their entire life has begun to change more and faster that they can even get their head around.
2: You're listening to real recordings that Yeah, and sometimes it's literally heartbreaking mm. listening. You know, she was um, doing something the other day where, oh, I mean, I won't go into the details in this podcast, but um, where she wanted the husband to to say his point of view and the wife kept butting in and she was like this isn't your story to tell it's mm. his and she was like but i'm the one that's there i'm the one that it has an effect on and hearing her sort of break down over that um it's just heart like oh just grabs you so i actually listened to them running um so i wonder I don't, I don't go crying quite a lot but it's the just because you
1: do you get so lost in it um, and same yeah. with um, i suppose anything i, I listen to that I'm, sometimes I'm, it's, I'm not aware of my surroundings. So I could be running crying or I could yeah. be running really happy. And yeah. I I'm just think my neighbours must look at me going off.
2: Oh. <laughs> <What? laughs> here she goes she's again. Here she goes again. <laughs> but it is that like, you're hearing the breath. You're hearing the breath. You're yeah. caught in
1: the throat. Yeah. And it's, it's passion. It's real. It's real, yeah. real life. You can't yeah. make it up. Um, Esther Perel, she, she's got some great TED Talks as well that um, if you have a chance to look on YouTube. Uh, and she's two books. And I, um, she said this thing, which I think is, is is lovely. She talks about basically her background and where she came from and why she kind of has a perspective on life and why it is the way it is. And um, basically, her parents were survivors um, of a Nazi concentration camp. Mm. And and I, I know sometimes I feel with life, we're surviving each day. Yeah. Um, Even just bringing it back to the basics, it's just getting through each day. Mm -hmm. And her outlook is we're not surviving, we have to revive each day.
2: That's so good.
1: Um, Control-Alt-Delete. Yes. Emma Gannon, um, another
2: incredible author. I don't even know how I came across it, but it was the first podcast I actually properly listened to, and I was hooked. Like It literally doesn't matter who she's got on, whether it's a name that I know or I don't, literally sitting down and hearing her interview people is brilliant it's just so insightful she's so intelligent mm-hmm. as well it kind of makes me feel like maybe i'm the intelligence is seeping in somehow <laughs> um but then but that's podcast.
1: My friend was like, I've been starting to listen to these science podcasts at night time, <laughs> hoping that it'll make me smarter. Is she asleep? By osmosis. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Does it go in when you're asleep? Maybe. There's
2: probably some proof there. But, um, but, but yeah. yeah, I didn't know her at all. And yeah. I and and I, and I think as the series went on, I wanted to know her. I yeah. wanted to I know more like about her. Yeah. And then you see a picture of her, and you're like, "Oh, I like I, even more." than like, she she just dress away very she's well. So, yeah, she's so she's, cool. She looks so cool uh, in in a way that I could never pull off. Um, she is exactly what I would be in another life. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and and then you meet her, and she's just bloody lovely. Yeah, she's she started, just great. So you
1: when when did you start listening? That was one of the first podcasts because she launched that in 2016. So it's a few years uh, yeah, ago. Yeah, like, I started so listening there from the start. um,
2: probably when she was about. 25 episodes okay. in. And she's now, well, I think hundred and eighty two I want to say, yeah. I could be totally wrong. I could be making up a figure. I mean, she's had everyone on. Mm. Um,
1: Everyone from Mrs. Hinch, who we love, uh, Richie Grant. <laughs> um, is there anyone that kind of jumps out for you?
2: I want to say, is her name Elizabeth Gilbert? Is that the author?
1: Yes. She's had her on.
2: Yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert, is that Ypres? Yes, 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 yes. She's had her on talking about her... How she creates, how she writes, how she lives her life—it is. It just you just take the little nuggets, and if you are you aren't having that. We don't talk anymore. I think as a society, we just don't talk. We're not used to it. We're not used to listening or or having people listen to us. And, and there's something gorgeous about having a place where you can listen to people and you can take little pieces of what they mm-hmm. do and 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 try and uh, apply it to your own life.
0: I think what brings us into health and well-being is. Walking on that edge of doing something that's a little bit harder than you know how to do. Um, And just enough, not so much harder than you know how to do that you collapse and it breaks you and you just simply can't do it. But I think actually we're kind of designed to really thrive in an environment where you're so challenged that you need all your senses at the same time to be galvanized and united towards something and it makes you, um, it makes you feel good um, and so that's what it was even more than the characters themselves it was the project like, and the project, the weird dare that I felt in myself of can you actually produce this book this that you promised to your publisher this mm-hmm. light-hearted, fizzy, gin cocktail of a book from this state that you're in of just having lost the most important person in your life that's interesting. You know, and instead of it being like, oh, this is so impossible and nobody would do it, I there's something in me that loves a challenge it. and I think there's something in all of us that that does, you know, that's that great Winston Churchill line that we haven't come all this distance because we're made of sugar candy. Mm.
1: And you, she's just an inspiration. Do you think as an author as well, you know, you have someone like Emma Gannon and Elizabeth mm. Gilbert both? very successful authors yeah. do you kind of listen to like their writing habits do you you know yeah, do you you ever kind of get a little yeah i go
2: oh that's what i do well, that's what yeah and it's interesting so i go on tour with other authors sometimes like Lindsay kelk and mm-hmm. Paige toon and it's really interesting hearing how we all work in a really different way and there's no right way of working but you can hear something and go oh, i'm gonna nick that I'll, I'll nick that little thing that you do i'll, I'll and i'll use it on my own um But yeah, it's just, it just reinforces that fact that it's creative Mm -hmm. and that uh, although there is a structure to it, creativity happens in a very different way for everyone.
1: One of the books actually that Emma wrote is just talking about growing up with the internet, basically. Mm. She was born in 1989, which is the year that the internet first began, even though did anyone use it then? (laughs) Um, But like... I I worry because I worry about my habits I worry about my habits online and social media I worry about like scrolling and mm. and the you know we you said we're not a generation that talk anymore Yeah We're not we like you know we'll send a message like phone calls are
2: very rare Do not call me I, I <laughs> I actually have started calling <laughs> to people now because I'm <laughs> literally. That I was a, a bit sport. aggressive. Not call me? <laughs> okay, um, I would say like three years ago, I'd be like, "Don't, don't. If you want me, text me, WhatsApp yeah. me. Do not calling is so inconvenient." But mm. now I'm a bit like, actually, I really like to hear your voice. Plus, it's actually far quicker to have a phone call than to sit down and email someone for an hour. I'd rather have a chat,
1: and it's personal as a connection, yeah. isn't it? Which is why I like
2: wit podcasts and. I've heard people
1: say, oh, it's just kind of a fad at the moment. And I was like, it's not, it's just the next thing. And it's a new form, it's our new form of storytelling. I just think podcasts are the one positive thing kind of from the internet because there's a lot of negativities and a lot of people saying things which are derogatory and Mm -hmm. take away from you rather than lift you up. And podcasts have really opened up the world to so many people yeah. and
2: given us access mm-hmm. like anyone can have access to them they it doesn't em- empathy back and feeling and mm. i think you can't listen to a podcast without having some sort of reaction to the people that you're listening to you get a different view on someone from listening to them rather than just reading words you can take in any way yeah i you know when
1: you interview when you interview someone i find like in the past when i've interviewed someone it's like you've got four minutes with this person mm. you never really get sense of that person no you don't and it's, you can kind of—I feel with podcasts, I have a rough idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, I'm coming in, I'm going to talk about your favorite podcast, but we can go anywhere yeah. with this. And I think that's the joy, um, and that's for any of the podcasts I've listened to. There's a there's a rough
2: agenda, yeah, but you don't have to stick with it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about t- having a podcast about motherhood in the space, like wherever people can share about being a parent. It is literally daytime TV, where it's like, yeah, it's amazing. That's it. Or there's a help section that's about you know, going to help breastfeeding and whatever. But that's it. You don't get anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. And and having somewhere where you, you can literally go, you can talk as much as you like about this subject because it isn't just amazing. There are so many other things that you might feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And just allowing people to have that space mm-hmm. and that freedom and that feeling like they're not going to be edited down to fit one person's agenda. Who would be your dream person to have on your podcast? I would love Pink. <gasps> I love
1: her. Yeah. I just
2: think she'd be real as well I feel she'd be real and I feel like she'd be friends
1: with her afterwards too
2: exactly and I think the way that she talks about her kids and being a mum so I know people who have worked with her recently and done filming with her she is a working mum and the way that she is bringing up the kids and balances her work and home life are just amazing that's why I'd love to have her on I mean I'd never get it but
1: I would never know. say never. You've had so many people on already, and Pink somewhere is listening to podcasts. That's uh, true, and I'm I'm really surprised, by I'm really interested in people's listening habits. Yeah. Even like looking at your list, and when I saw about David Tennant, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, people can surprise you and and what they listen to because it doesn't matter if you're you know multi selling like huge successful Grammy award winning singer you're also a mom that sometimes doesn't know what to do in a situation and that's the joys of podcasts because there's something there for everyone that you can connect to no matter what it is do you find yourself listening to because you haven't really mentioned on this list but do you listen to a lot of other mother kind of mom related podcasts or do you
2: feel Mm, I've got my quota from everyone I interview yeah no I don't I I dip in I dip in because there are some amazing ones um, like Made by Mamas, which is mm-hmm. Zoe Hardman and um, not, another, not Another Mummy podcast. So yeah, I, I do, but I kind of dip in and out of those just because, yeah, I, I, that's what I do. I do motherhood. Yeah. And sometimes having this a chat that's your, not, yeah. Some an
1: escapism you escapism or you want to learn about something else that you haven't spent all day working yeah, towards.
2: because I think most mums would agree with the fact that I am a mother, but that's not all I am. <laughs> and for my brain and writing and everything like that, I think I sometimes need to be out of it. So, G, if you had to pick one episode of a podcast
1: that you could listen to again, and maybe again and again, is there (laughs) any one that you've listened to more than once so that you'd like to go back and go, oh, I might actually listen to that one again? That was a good one.
2: So I would say any of Shaq Married Annoyed, because I think they are all hilarious, but I can't choose one. Yeah. So if I was to choose one episode of any, I'd have to go for David Tennant Does a podcast. With Olivia Coleman. because there is just something wonderful about listening to their connection there's just something wonderful about her um and how she she's just a super talented woman and you just get inside her head and her thinking in a way that you just never do and he brings out the best in her I remember I am um, at the
1: BAFTAs this year she just had won the uh, award for best actress mm. and she's just come off stage and I was backstage and I was- Interviewing her, she's so playful. Yeah, and she just had won this huge award, and I mean, she's incredible in so many ways. And I remember going, "Do you know where your handbag is?" She was like, oh, "I don't know where my handbag is." And she just come off stage. She was, "I just went up on stage without my handbag. Is the ticket will be okay?" And I was like, "I'm sure it'll be fine." But I just made me laugh so much. I'm like, you've just won a BAFTA, now what you think about it is, <laughs> I left my handbag. <laughs> I, so I was with my phone. And then she's going to run back out on stage and go down the steps and take her handbag and then come up again. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's a great one if, if you haven't listened to it. Actually, all of David Tennant's ones, all yeah. of the ones that you suggested, but Olivia Coleman, because I think they've such a connection anyway in that friendship from obviously working on
2: Broadchurch Yeah, there's just such an intimacy in the chat, Yeah, which you just get from the fact that they're best friends. Can we talk about the Himalayas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are this time next month, are you going to be? Basically. So I am a patron for Copperfield, have been for a few, a couple of years. And uh, and every year there is a trek. This year we're going to um, the Himalayas. It's Copperfield's 10th birthday. So we've extended the invite to 100 fundraisers. There are four captains and they are Frankie Bridge, Candy Brown, mm-hmm. Nadia Sawala and Olivia Bowen. Bowen mm. or Buckland? Oh yeah, yep. he's married to Alex, Love Island. Yes, yes, yes Love Island, certainly. oh yeah, yeah, sorry. And so there are the four captains mm-hmm. and they each get a team of 25 and we literally will go over there and we'll do a load of walking and uh, celebrating <laughs> and everything that is... Basically we're going to do a load,
1: a load of walking.
2: <laughs> <that a> <laughs> and basically that is what you have got to do, <laughs> a load of walking. load of walking, but what's in- amazing about these treks is that you're literally taking people who have a lot of them have been affected by breast cancer. So mm-hmm. you'll be, I know someone who's literally fi- finishing her treatment this week and will then be wow. in three weeks coming with us to India. And um, and there's just something about going on these treks, being with people who have been affected by it, who literally are ju- like, you know, however long ago they thought they wouldn't be here. And then you watch them scale a blooming mountain and take in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're success their achievement becomes a joint one you literally spend your trek going i want to see that person go up there and it just everything else just kind of melts away even so tom did the trek last year because i had just i was pregnant that's right so i was literally, that's a good excuse not to do it. well i was meant to do it and then literally the day before the meeting i was like oh hi oh, guys oh, I'm I'm pregnant. Pregnant. um so Tom went and he and he even he says, you know, you find yourself talking about things that you have never spoken to anyone else about and being super vulnerable mm-hmm. because there is nothing else. There's nothing else other than the connection between you and whoever you're walking with. And it changes every day, every hour um, and the, the ground beneath you. That's all there is. So, yeah, I for me, they're amazing to do because you meet incredible people who just make you um, realise what life is all about and also seeing a bit of the world and challenging myself in a way that you kind of forget about yourself I think a little bit when you're a Mm mum and these challenges they're important for me but they're also important for my kids to see that mummy can do it.
1: That's incredible thing to do. I love that when you started out saying I'm going to do that 10k run, and now you're like, <laughs> now next thing hmm, Himalayas. <laughs> next year, I don't I don't even know why going to Go the moon next year. <laughs> Just little things. Um, best of luck with that, Thank and you. continue success with the podcast and the next two books that you're writing. Yeah, thanks. And then I, don't, I don't know how you find the time, but such a joy, G. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you for coming to your home. And that's it. Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode's show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care.